Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. Just want to mention that there's an air show going on close to us, so if you hear something like we're being bombed, we are not. <laughs> it is just the airplanes flying over, so hopefully you don't hear that. Okay, this week I have non-Americans are asking questions to Americans about fall. About I don't understand. Fall, like autumn? Yes. Oh. What's there not to understand? Well, <laughs> you'll see. Okay. Some of these are like similar to each other, so. Okay. Just, uh, number one, why do Americans start celebrating Halloween in September? It's so strange. Um... Because Halloween is one day, so we have to start celebrating early or we'll miss it. That's right. I mean, it's just like Christmas. Yeah. You don't want to put decorations or whatever up the day of. Yeah. And then take them down at night. Yeah, that's, that's just a lot of work. Yeah, that's day. not... Not to mention, Halloween is the shit. Fuck yes, it is. It's the best holiday ever. You're going to be saying that a lot. Okay. <laughs> Uh, two, do Americans just go to pumpkin patches to look at and take pictures with pumpkins, or are there activities and games? There are activities and games. I think they're more uh, for little kids. Yeah. But, yeah. There's you, mazes, and right. you go pick your own pumpkin, and take it home, and carve it. Yeah. It's great. Look like someone asked, do Americans go to church on Halloween? <laughs> No. (laughs) No. Uh, Do Americans really smash perfectly fine pumpkins as an activity on Halloween? Yep. Oh, assholes do. Yeah, I don't, but... Yeah, no. That's like a thing that teenagers do to piss people off. Well, and they also have the uh, contests and stuff around that. Oh, yeah. yeah they'll, like, they'll, like, get up way, way high. Smash and, giant pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, definitely an American thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it says, why do Americans reveal their Halloween costumes before Halloween? Because a lot of times we spend a lot of money on those. And, again, it's not enough for just one day. And some people might be doing, like, um, costumes that match each other. Right. Do Americans have Halloween pop-up stores that open in random abandoned buildings? Yep. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And they're awesome, too. Yes. (laughs) Why do Americans always dress up as stuff that isn't spooky or scary for Halloween? Seems weird to me. That's just... Uh, younger people who can get away with not being spooky. <laughs> How do Americans drink grande pumpkin spice lattes? I had a small one today, and by the last sip, I was nauseous and trembling. <laughs> <laughs> Us Americans are yeah, exactly. made of heartier stock. It's just American. <laughs> uh, do Americans actually put candles in their pumpkins for Halloween? Oh, yes. Yeah. Or they do have, um, like, electric options now. We put batteries in, which is nice. That's what I've done for the last 15 years. Yeah. Uh, It says, I don't get 
get it. Do Americans celebrate Halloween or slash do trick-or-treating on the 30th or am I tripping? No, it's the 31st. Sometimes when it falls in the middle of the week, we have to do it other days, like on the weekend. Mm -hmm. But no, it's the 31st. Says, I just saw on TikTok, do Americans not give out potato chips on Halloween? No. Potato chips? Some people do. Eric's dad used to give out. Oh, well, he worked in a potato chip factory. (laughs) You know, delivered for them. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. And people, I think people are, so the main thing is candy, obviously. But I think some people try to do stuff, like different stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not the greatest thing. It's a bunch of candy. Yeah, exactly. It says, why do Americans eat pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving? Is it because they need to use the leftover pumpkins from Halloween? (laughs) (laughs) It's just... I'm not really um, sure. Well, fall time is... That's when pumpkins pumpkins are are. in season. Yeah. It says, why do Americans pronounce Halloween as Halloween? It's Halloween. I think we just sound weird because we're American. I don't know how I say it. Now if I say it, I'm... It's Halloween. It's Yeah. But hall, like H-A-L-L, is pronounced hall Yeah. in our stupid language. So I could see where people would say Halloween and not Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. No. Why do Americans love Halloween so much? Is it like in their genetics or something? <laughs> Because it's great. It's the best. It's the best. Get to dress up if you want to. That's you get to eat candy and not feel bad about it. Exactly. All the scary movies and that's the greatest. It's great. Says, do Americans actually decorate their houses for Halloween? Oh yes. Yes, of course. And the and the decorations are getting wild. They're yeah, they're cool. They're doing like the oversized stuff now, and it's awesome. Giant skeletons in people's yards. Oh my gosh, I love those things. There's a guy, or I'm assuming it's a guy. I don't know who it is, but down the road that my work is on, if you keep going down, um, we go down that way every lunch because chris goes to her son's apartment Mm. and walks his dog at lunch so we always drive past it and this guy's got one of those huge skeletons Mm -hmm. that he leaves out year round and he dresses it up that's great (laughs) he dresses it up it is so cool I, love I don't that. know how it happens because it's so big. Yeah, he has to make that probably, or like make the outfits for yeah, it. Yeah, but you have to get, I guess, a, a huge ladder and Something, I don't yeah. know, but it is so cool. I always can't wait to see what he's got, it, you yeah. know, next. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, it says, why do Americans love pumpkin spice flavored everything, even beer? It's a, it's distinctly an American thing, from what I've gathered. With the beer flavoring, at least, it's just way too sweet. I I don't go. I don't get into the pumpkin spice. I am not thing. into pumpkin spice anything. I mean, if I had it, it's not like it's gross or anything. Yeah. But 
it's not I, my that's I not my go-to yeah. flavor at all i think it's just uh, again this this is the only time of year that it comes out and if you don't get it right now you don't get it yeah so and it has gotten ridiculous it has everything everything, everything literally pumpkin spice everything yeah, it's ridiculous they we uh, americans are so bad about stuff like that yeah it's like you get a one little thing that people start to like and all of a sudden it's everywhere absolutely it's ridiculous absolutely okay it says why do americans hate candy corn it looks so good and i love the palette if people hate candy corn they're eating it wrong exactly you need to eat it with peanuts peanuts eat it with peanuts it's it's just pieces of sugar that is not good by itself no it's it's way too sweet it is it's just too, too but much, man but you mix it with peanuts and fuck, it is the best thing fuck yes it's so good i used to have that out every year yeah i did too but i ate it all i know <laughs> it's like every time you walk by grab a handful yeah it's so good it's though. not a good thing <laughs> Uh, here's another one. Honestly, don't understand why Americans make everything pumpkin flavor. Yeah, we don't get it yeah, either. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. It says, why do Americans call autumn fall? It's not like they don't call the other seasons rise hot and cold. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, spring is kind of like rise. A little. Yeah. And hot oh, and cold, okay. that's just weird. <laughs> Well, I do know that the saying for the time change is spring into... Spring forward or fall back And fall backwards. Yeah. But that's newer than those. I think so, yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. I know leaves fall in the fall. Maybe that's why they called it fall. I don't know. Flowers spring up. Yeah. Leaves fall down. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. It says, why do Americans take photos with pumpkins in October? It's a vegetable. Because <laughs> <laughs> we take pictures with everything, and we're weird. <laughs> we are definitely weird. It says, hold up. Americans put fucking, like, sharp blades and shit in Halloween candy? No. No, psychos do that. It's not Americans. I mean... I mean, they happen to be American. It's happened. I don't even know if it's actually happened before. It has, I think, once or twice. Yeah, they've found. But that's just psychopaths. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're American. Yeah, exactly. It says, how many Halloween parties do Americans have? I wish I had the energy to go to three in two days. <laughs> yeah, that's when you have a big group of friends and they all throw Halloween parties. Yeah, I haven't been to a Halloween party and Oh yeah, it's been years. Years. I think it's more so the younger crowd. It's just yeah. just like everything. It's another excuse to get together exactly. and drink and act stupid. Yeah, I mean, and you get to dress up too, and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't been to a Halloween party in a long time. Of course yeah. I don't go to any parties, but well, we're older too. <laughs> says, do Americans know that scary movies and sweaters exist outside the month of October? Yes, we are uh, Halloween. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> My house is already Halloween. It's Halloween oh, well, yeah. year round. That's what I was saying. We, we are Halloween yes. all the time. Speaking of, <laughs> so 
what uh angie the supervisor and iss at my work yeah they do um a contest people um decorate their cubicles Uh and then she asked me and chris to be a judge nice (laughs) and we were over by um there weren't very many people that did it yeah but allison did it (laughs) and we were over there talking to her and telling her how good it looked and everything and I, for some reason, I don't know why, I mentioned that I was going to decorate my house. But then I looked around and it's already decorated. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she started laughing. She's like, well, I guess you could take all that stuff down and then it'd just be a normal house and you could use that as a decoration. I was like, oh, yeah, no. I cannot live like that. You have to have your skulls. <laughs> I can't know a normal no well I think that would that, that's the the funny thing about it because on Halloween you'd have a normal house yeah and then every other day it would be your normal I guess <laughs> it's my normal it's not everyone's normal okay it says why do Americans get photo shoots of themselves hugging pumpkins every autumn Y'all are a strange group. Yeah. Yeah. Do Americans actually carve pumpkins or is it just a movie cliche? Oh, no. We yeah, carve we totally pumpkins. carve pumpkins. Yes. It's great. It says, do Americans really just leave a bowl of sweets on their doorstep and hope for the best? Some <laughs> I have, people. I have done that before. Yeah. If we were going to be gone on Halloween and I, I didn't want, you know, the kids to be without, of course, I don't know how many kids actually got any well yeah there every bowl i've ever walked up to has been empty so yeah. <laughs> you know they just take the bowl absolutely and dump it in <laughs> <laughs> at least i can say i tried exactly someone you gave someone candy. yeah someone got candy <laughs> you did your job <laughs> first come first serve uh and my last one it says how the fuck do americans do halloween thanksgiving and christmas all at once pretty much yeah it's not great halloween is great then you have a month then the shit starts yeah. and you've got you're busy for a month straight two months straight so those are mine for the beginning i thought those were fun yeah those were cute so i'm just uh doing some more stories from the book that i started last week Okay. Which is the cryptid oh, okay. encounters. Late last year, shortly after the hurricane in Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans, I was sitting outside my home trying to cool off as the power had not yet been restored. I was checking out how everything looked in the moonlight when I looked at the iron fence that separated a railroad and another neighborhood from the highway. I thought it was just someone walking alongside my side of the fence about 150 yards away, so didn't think much at first. I went to grab a water bottle, but when I looked back up, all I saw was a pair of yellow, huge yellow eyes, faintly lit by the moon, staring directly at me. The fence was about 10 feet high, and this thing was just short of the top. Its body was vaguely human in shape, though it seemed to be hunched over slightly, and its legs looked way longer than any normal person's would be. However, however long we were staring at each other, one of my cats called out to be fed, 
which made me flinch for a second, but when I looked back, whatever it was was now sprinting in the opposite direction. Far too fast to be a human, mind you, but on the other side of the fence as well. I never told anyone, as of course nobody I know or anyone who lives around here would believe such a thing. That is terrifying. That sounds like a alien. I don't know. Or a rake? One of those rake things? Well, it didn't say it was white. Mm-hmm. I don't the, know. The legs, is what it said about the legs is what got me, um, like, longer than... Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah, it is. I've been learning how to hunt since I was a kid, was handed my first gun when I passed my safety course. I live in Pennsylvania. I live in a tree every chance I get <laughs> during archery season and try to tag out before rifle kicks in. My encounter occurred in 2013, never spoke of this to anyone until recently last year. Just been bothering the heck out of me. It has really changed the way I see how our world really is and how society can really brainwash us from our natural instincts and functions. I was archery hunting up in the Allegheny National Forest and found a really good spot with very thick cover and plenty of deer signs when I was scouting. I was 30 feet up in the tree, overlooking a stream crossing on a flat with the thick stuff behind me. It was just about daylight when I could see something about 150 yards running through the forest like there was a road built for it. Its dexterity was amazing, going over fallen trees and some boulders or huge rocks. It ran on two legs, then on all fours. What amazed me was that it was very quiet for being so large. I couldn't really get a good look at it since it was still kind of dark and everything around you was kind of gray with the dark stuff looking like shadows until the sun comes up. But I know it was big because I focused on the branch sticking out from a large oak tree. It stood behind when it stopped. You can believe this next part or not. It doesn't matter to me, but my eyes don't lie. The air around me felt very thick. All the hair on my body stood up. I could feel a tingly sensation throughout my body. I could somehow sense that the creature knew I was there. Don't ask, I couldn't explain it to you if I tried. Then I heard a kind of gargle sound around me, and this creature took a step out from behind that oak tree and vanished. Looked like an invisible door opened up, portal, whatever. I hunt closer to home now. We aren't alone. Oh my, it was Bigfoot. And he went into his portal because they do that. That's what I've heard. I've had a couple mysterious encounters, one being what could be conceived as a Bigfoot yell slash scream, and another that could be a skinwalker, saying that because the scenario just doesn't make sense. The Bigfoot instance was in Kentucky, right near the camp at Nelson Cemetery, which is by the Kentucky River. This was about six to seven years ago. I was working night shift at a place across the cemetery along with three other fellas. Somehow Bigfoot was brought up one night and one of the fellas was a paranoid person who could be said was a sucker as well. Well, our supervisor decided to mess with said fellow while we were outside on lunch, which was a little after 3 a.m. He let out a big, deep, long, stereotypical Bigfoot holler A couple minutes go by and nothing happened, so naturally we just went on with other conversations. Then out of nowhere we heard the same style call back. 
It sounded like it was about a mile or so away along the river. It didn't sound like a bobcat or any other known animals that live in the area. The Skinwalker instance was this Christmas Eve. My wife and I made a trip down to Florida and was on our way back home traveling on I-75. We was in the normal northern part of Tennessee (laughs) and it was around 2 to 3 a.m. We was the only ones around and all of a sudden a human-like thing popped out of nowhere as soon as we was passing it. Walking on the shoulder closest to us in the opposite direction. It looked like it was wearing one of them white, puffy, north face coats. Couldn't say for sure that's what it was, but that's what it looked like. We couldn't see a face or a head for the, for the matter. What I can't understand is if it was a person that abandoned a broken down vehicle to go get help or whatever, they would have been walking for a long time. About 10 miles after we passed a light up truck stop, And the only abandoned vehicle was about five miles past that. And when we seen it, it was literally the last second and we should have seen it further on down the road as we was approaching, but didn't. Like I said, like I said, it looked like it was wearing a white North Face coat, so it would have been easy to spot with headlights shining off of it. My wife said she looked back to see if it was still there after we passed and she said it wasn't. Yeah, I know it may sound outlandish, but that's what it is and how it happened. Hmm. I don't... All of a sudden, everyone thinks everything they see is a skinwalker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one I don't think... I mean, he literally said it could have been a person wearing a big coat. Yeah, I don't... Why would you think that was a skinwalker? Why? Yeah, there's no... Just because you were out in the middle of the no of nowhere, it yeah <laughs> yeah that didn't that one didn't make sense. No, I'm 31 now. I've hunted in the Louisiana swamp, woods and swamps my whole life. I used to spend days out in the swamp and woods alone, hunting, fishing. I carried a 20 gauge Remington 1100. I always kept two bricks of shells on me, birdshot and slugs. While I was two miles out in the woods at a place I call Oak Grove, a really good hunting place full of small game and bigger game occasionally, I had even found a good fishing spot there. One summer, I had started going there every day. I slowly started bringing things there to build a small hunting cabin. I slowly began the process of building. Fast forward a week, I've got my small cabin finished and I've created a thicket of cut trees and debris around my camp. I had begun to notice large tracks in the area. They looked like large cat tracks. I debated topic about panthers out there, though I never seen one. I'd find claw marks high up on trees, inch or two deep here and there. Well, one, I was hearing noise around my camp. An eerie whistle, some low growling, and eventually words just a whisper. Now, I don't frighten easy, but that night was a long night, and I was scared to be out there. Occasionally, I'd go out the cabin by the fire to keep it lit. I'd check around to see if I could see anything, but as nothing, it was nothing. Fast forward two days, I I had gone home. I told my dad about everything that had happened out there. He told me to be careful and that I should stop going out there as much. Well, I didn't listen. That weekend, I head out to the cabin. I planned on fishing, swimming, and doing some hunting. 
Once I was at the cabin, I noticed one of the trees had those claw marks in it. I told myself it was nothing I couldn't just shoot. So I had fun all day long. That night I had the fire going. No noise, nothing, so I went to lay down. Eventually I woke up somewhere around 2 a.m. The fire was low and I thought I heard my dad. Well, I called out to him and got nothing back, so I grabbed the gun, loaded five slugs in it, and walked out of my makeshift cabin. And just past the low light of the fire, I could see yellowish-green eyes staring back at me, the outline of which I could only describe as cat-like. I pulled up my shotgun, scared as hell, closed my eyes, and what sounded like thunder rang out in two bright flashes. This thing let out a scream that was ungodly, so let go of three more shells. When I finally looked, it was gone. I left everything but my backpack and ammo. I ran so fast out of there and was constantly looking behind me and hearing noise on all sides. By the time I made it, I had three rounds left. Later that day, I went back with my dad and we gathered all my stuff, burnt my makeshift cabin to the ground and left. He made me promise I'd never go back out and I never did. Wow. I'm from Malaysia. Many years ago in 1994, it's been 28 years already, me with my ex-boyfriend and my sister with her late husband, plus her two daughters, one only a few months old and the other one around nine years of age. We went for a swim by the popular beach destination, Port Dixon. We reached there around 6 p.m. It's quite late as we just decided we should go to the beach and stroll around. Then my ex recommended we should go for a quick swim. As my sister and her husband, plus her small daughter, sat by the sea under the tree, three of us just having a good time swimming, but a few minutes in the water, I can feel something swimming around my legs. <laughs> it went on and on and doesn't seem to want to stop. I thought it was my mind playing tricks on me, watching too many horror movies. My ex on the deep level, me mid, and my niece close to the beach. I've got an uneasy feeling that I just can't shake it off. Then I called my boyfriend, told him we should stop swimming. I swim back to the shallow water very fast. All of a sudden, my niece screaming told me what's behind me. At the same time, my ex asked the same question. I don't want to look back, just turn slightly my head. And I saw a huge hand behind me. It looks like a frog foot, but in pinkish salmon color. I'm so terrified, screamed to my ex and asking what, what is that thing? My niece and my ex screamed, told me to run and swim. Then I realized both of them already by the beach while I'm still in the water about my shoulder level. When both of them screamed, the, the thing jumped back into the water. I can see the tail exactly fishtail, but it was so huge. <laughs> Shiny pinkish gold, something like that. It's so huge, the water splashed so high. I swam and ran as fast as I could. Then three of sat by the beach, dumbfounded, staring at the water swirling in circles. I asked my sister if she saw or noticed the thing. She replied, it's like a human rose from the sea with huge slanted oval, oval red eyes. Then she scolded me for asking too much, and she don't want ever walk talked about it. <laughs> Many years after the incident, in 2012, 18 years, I switched on the television. It was National Geographic program, Mermaid Evidence Found. 
I watched it with goosebumps all over my body, a bit shaken because I realized, I swear, I've solved my own mystery. The thing that I saw in 1994 looks exactly like the one in that National Geographic program. It's true, and I do believe mermaids do exist. I'm going to start reading these exactly how they wrote them. Great. <laughs> and did you know that that Ge- uh, National Geographic program was a hoax? Yeah, yes, <laughs> so I did yeah, know they're, that. They're not smart. That one didn't sound like a very true story no. to me. But you never you know. Never, yeah, we don't know what's in the ocean. We don't. I think aliens are living in the ocean. I maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's what I hear everywhere. <laughs> well, if aliens came and visited us, where are they at? They had to go in the ocean. That's the only place we don't go. Hmm. Okay. In the summer of 1977, I was 11, and my great aunt owned a small four-bedroom cabin in a remote part of Canada. The nearest town or neighbor was almost 10 miles away. Back in that day, we still used the old-fashioned ice box with a block of ice, a hand pump that brought water up from the lake where the cabin was built. We also had no electric and, of course, no toilet, but we had the outhouse. It was early morning, and I was the first one up and had to go to the bathroom, so I went outside and walked to the outhouse. After I'd finished, I started to look around since we had arrived at the cabin when it was dark the night before. I wanted to explore, but I didn't get very far. I had rounded the outhouse and was thinking about entering the woods. It was only a couple of minutes before I noticed movement about 30 yards from me. I froze and watched a huge, hairy creature walking on two legs moving through the trees away from me. It wasn't making any sounds that I could hear. I just watched until it became obscured by the growth of trees and shrubbery. Then I hightailed it back to the cabin. I woke my brother up to tell him, but he didn't believe me. Neither did my aunt, but she told me she'd heard strange howls and screams in the years before, blaming them on bobcats. My grandmother, who'd grown up there a couple times as well, also said that she heard the screams, said it terrified her, and she never went back. I spent the rest of our vacation playing only at the lake, looking over my shoulder and avoiding the woods altogether. Since then, I've been obsessed with cryptids and learning whatever I can, trying to weed through the fakes and hoaxes, trying to get another look at the being from my childhood. It's Bigfoot. Yep. Years ago now, when we were able, myself and three other highly experienced mountain climbers were on a 12-day track up through the Himalayas in Nepal. We had passed Lemjung, Kayla's, I don't know if I said that right, not far from Anna Purnell 2, heading to Anna Purnell 3. The weather was atrocious. We'd managed to dig a small shelter out of the snow on a steep face to weather the storm. None of us could sleep all night, so when a howling scream wailed out that sounded close enough to see what made it, we all sprung up, looking at each other in horror. Even through the loud wind, we could hear thudding steps that seemed to walk straight past the entrance to the ice shelter we'd made. None of us could manage even a whisper, but the look on each of our faces spoke a thousand words of terror. No way were we going out to investigate. Over the next five hours of night, which felt like five days, a few deep groans were heard in the distance. 
When we cautiously ventured out at light, the faces of terror I saw the night before were for good reason. One footprint at the opening to our shelter, in in far enough as to keep sheltered from the wind and snow, was twice the size of my foot in length and width, and a boulder. Maybe four meters from the entrance, that would have had to weigh over a ton, that all four of us strenuously denying it was there the night before. Was this thing going to seal our icy grave? We headed straight back to base that morning, and three of us never returned to the mountain range again. That's terrifying. That is. right outside of your tent. And there was a huge boulder that was there all of a sudden. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. This is a post about a sighting I had at 15. I was coming home from a friend's house about 1145 at night. I lived in a small town, so I knew everyone in a 12-block radius to us, and having a big family, no one messed with me. On this night, I walked home past a nursing home. I always hear the night sounds, bats, dogs, cats, coons, but this night I heard wings, big wings, thinking a bat was coming at my head. I ducked and turned around. I saw a thing, big black bat wings, landed in the tree about a block away as a street light was by it was very clear. Two bat wings, a human body with arms and legs and head with big oval red eyes. It turned and looked at me. I turned and started walking the half block home a little faster. As I got to my door, I heard the wings and ran inside. Then the footsteps on the roof lasted about five minutes. Years later, the Mothman was reported. Was it that I was it that I have no idea. Definitely sounds like it. That's what it sounds like. And that is terrifying. The walking on the roof. All of it. And then she said she saw it, okay? And then she turned around and walked faster. Walked? What the fuck? (laughs) Now I'm not a runner, but I think that would she was hoping it didn't notice her. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Neosho, Missouri, M-O, is that Missouri? I used to live there in the early 2000s. I used to deliver pizzas and got off late in the evening. Same route home every night, a quarter mile before my driveway was a sharp left turn with a big evergreen tree on the outside of the corner. One night I was coming to that corner and noticed four... Notice forward-facing eyes shining from within the base of the big evergreen. As I approached, I was looking intently for what little critter it was as I am a nature lover. The closer I get, I am having a very hard time seeing what it was, and in hindsight, it's because my brain wasn't processing what I was seeing very well. As I got right up to the turn, I saw it in full. My best description is a goat boy. A pan-like creature, human head, very small with reflective eyes, a small torso that was pale in complexion, and brown hairy legs and little tiny hooves. I almost came to a complete stop looking at it. It didn't know I was looking at it until I turned until I took the turn. My headlights were now off it directly and it was looking at me with the ambient light in the car through the passenger window. At that point, we had made eye contact, and I became terrified, and I floored it. 
I had a vision of my family and friends finding me in the woods dead. I ran into my house, freaking out, and told my wife and two friends there at the time. Of course, it was laughed off, and I'm just tripping. My neighbor and friend at the time then heard about my story and was like, Man, have you ever heard the screams that come from the woods behind the townhouses? I usually had not, or actually had not, but he was adamant that he had heard something back there multiple times that was not a North American animal. Then about two months later, one of the friends that was at my house that night was at his dad's house telling the story about me and his dad overhears and looks at him sharply and asks how the hell did he know about that creature. He then tells him that when he was a kid, him and his friends used to party out there. There wasn't anything built out there back then except a little dirt road, and this is in the 70s. One night, him and his buddies were sitting around the fire, and he had to take a whiz. One of his buddies did too. They got up, walked 10 yards, and let her rip. He said he'll never forget what he saw next or how it sounded. Midstream, the small three-foot goat boy ran out of the woods, screamed this god-awful scream at them, and then ran off into the woods. They all packed up and never came back. That place where they were partying was less than a hundred yards from the tree I saw it in. To this day, I can vividly remember it standing there. I don't tell too many folks about that. That's creepy, but every time I hear Goat Boy, I just think of Jim Brewer. (laughs) (laughs) I can picture it perfectly. My wife and I purchased three acres on a small lake near Rushville, Illinois. It was all just timber and adjoining a small hill range that followed the Illinois River about two miles away that extended at least 100 miles long to around Alton, Illinois. We hired a friend of ours to bring his Cat 9 bulldozer in and build us a huge circle drive and a huge level pad down in the timber with a small pad for a yard and I cut a path about 150 yards long through the timber down a huge hillside to the lake, where I built a dock for fishing and to keep a small fishing boat. We had a small camper and a one-bedroom mobile home that we put on the pad for camping. We had no electricity or running water because at that time we couldn't afford to install them, so we used candles and carried in water when we camped there. We camped and fished there on weekends, for four or five years without incident. It was always an eerie place at night. If we could not go up on a given weekend, I would loan it out to some of our friends to go camping. One weekend, we loaned it to a lady I worked with and her husband. They had used it several times before. When she came to work Monday morning, she gave me back the keys and told me they would never be using it again. (laughs) That they had left and left their stuff there And I asked if I could bring it to them, and asked if I could bring it to them, that her husband had encountered something on his way to the dock at about midnight. All he would tell her is it stood upright, was tall and hairy, and had glowing yellow, green glowing eyes. They never went back, but I just blew it off because I didn't ever see anything myself, and I was not the least bit scared of the the night in the woods. About two months later, we were there in August, and that night there was a full moon. It was a beautiful warm night. We had a nice campfire going. 
Around the mowed perimeter of the campsite, I had kerosene torches lit to give us some light. Past the torches was just thick old timber. I went behind the camper to relieve myself by the woods. And while I was doing so, I had an eerie feeling come over me that something was watching me. So when I was done, I walked the tree line looking into the woods to see if I could see anything. I couldn't see anything but the reflection of the torches on the thick trees, but I could hear heavy footsteps in the timber. When I stopped, they stopped. When I turned around and went back, they turned around and went back. It really freaked me out. Something was stalking me. I was sure of that, but would never get to where I could see it in the torchlight. I went back to the campfire, which was between the camper and the one-bedroom mobile home, and told my wife that something was out there and it sounded huge. I told her I was not staying that night, so we locked up the door on the mobile home, got in the truck, and drove the 35 miles to a small town we lived in. We left the torches burning and the campfire, surrounded by concrete blocks, burning. We decided the next morning to go back up there to make sure everything was all right and retrieve our supplies, cooler, fishing equipment, etc. When we got there and pulled down the one-lane road through the woods, I could see stuff strewn around on the ground. The torches and campfire had all burned out. When we got down to where we park, I could see the little camper was untouched, but the metal door on the mobile home was hanging almost torn off by one hinge and the inside screen door was completely destroyed. I got my pistol from my truck and went inside. It was torn to pieces. Even the kitchen sink was torn out and laying on the floor. The couch was shredded. The little kitchen table was smashed. Even some of the paneling was broken and torn off the wall. Then I went into the little bathroom. The sink had been torn out and was gone. And the little bedroom passed the bathroom. The bed was shredded and a mirror on the wall was smashed. I was in shock. This had to have been something very, very strong to rip those sinks out. The press board wood that they were made of was just splintered. Like you hooked a chain to the sink and to your truck and just drove off, ripping it apart. So we drove about five miles into town and went to the police station to report it. Two deputies followed us back out to the campsite and went through everything to investigate. They told me all they could think of was maybe it was done by teenagers high on meth. We even walked out in the timber to try to find tracks. It was very dry out and the clay ground was hard, so we found nothing. But we did find the little bathroom sink out there. We never stayed there again. I went up and tore apart the rest of the mobile home, all during the daylight hours and never alone, and gave the frame to a guy to make a trailer out of. And we listed the property with a realtor and sold it. That was over 30 years ago. I drove past it recently, and whomever bought it did nothing with it. It is all grown up and unrecognizable now. The police never found anything, and I haven't spoken about it for years. I found that even though I had proof of the destruction, people I told the story to thought I was crazy. One guy told me he thought it was a werewolf. I never found out. I still don't fish at night and don't stay out much at night, especially during a full moon, which I used to love. That's interesting. You think it was Bigfoot or a werewolf? I think I'm more Bigfoot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm glad. I I bet they're glad they got the fuck out of there when they did. So if everything was ripped up and shit. I can't believe. So you let one of your friends go and stay at your camper in the woods or whatever. And they come back and tell you that they left 
and they left all their shit and the reason why they left and then you just blow it off even if i didn't quite believe them or whatever even i would go out there and i would be constantly looking yeah, over my I shoulder would too. i just that yeah <laughs> all right this is my last one when i was 15 a friend of mine and i saw a man shapeshift into a wolf it was in may and there was fog to our calves What I noticed is that all the dogs in the neighborhood were whimpering and finding shelter under cars, etc., as if trying to hide from what was about to come. I heard the loudest cry and scream as if someone was in pain. It reminded me of the howling. After several of those, a man walked out of the fields approximately one and a half blocks from us. The man walked up to the center of the two-way road and went to his knees and then started to shapeshift like the character in American Werewolf in London. We froze as we watched this thing change to a huge wolf. The shoulders from where I was were at least five feet in width, and its height was at my chest based on the fog at his feet. It started to walk towards us as it sent out grunts and growls. Then it leaped on the road. We ran to a friend's house and woke up the family. Their dad had a shotgun, but we took him down trying to gain entrance. I was at the door trying to shut it, and the wolf was at the ditch staring at me. When we explained what was out there, the dad went outside and we didn't see anything but only prints that indicated something slid into the the ditch as it stopped. The wolf and I made eye contact, and I remember his brown eyes staring. Get this, I was 15. Two of my uncles were 15 when they saw it. One born in 1948. Two born in 1965. Three born in 1967. <laughs> the fuck? That's my kind of math. <laughs> Sorry about my stories this week. <laughs> it was great. I'll find a new book. Okay, I have some terrifying Ouija board story. Oh, no. First one, not me, but my dad. When my sister and I were teenagers, we wanted to get one, and our mom said yes. When she mentioned it to my dad, he flipped out and said, no way, absolutely not. One of those things is never coming in this house. (laughs) My mom had never heard him so upset and asked what his issue was. He refused to say anything and said the conversation was over. A few weeks later, he finally told my mom his story. When he was younger, he and, fr- and a friend whose older sister and boyfriend used one. The boyfriend had asked if he would be rich, typical questions, and the board said yes. Two years later, the guy was in a horrific car accident and ended up becoming paralyzed from the neck down. The accident was because of an issue with the car, and the family successfully sued the manufacturer. The guy was awarded millions, so he was rich, but confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. When my dad and everyone else heard about it, they all all they could think of was the encounter with the board a few years prior. Next one, not sure how much I believe it, but I did have a creepy experience. My friend and I were using one in college. The board started spelling my boyfriend's name and then gibberish. Over and over, his name and then gibberish. We decided to write it down, uh, what, what it spelled, and asked my boyfriend about it. When we showed it to him, he grew concerned and then left. Found out later, he called home and discovered his grandmother had died that day. 
The board was spelling a message to him in another language from her. Oh, that gave me chills. Mm -hmm. Next one, when I was 13, I had a sleepover with some friends shortly before my grandma passed away from cancer. I asked the board how much longer will grandma be around. It pointed to two. Well, I ignored it in the moment. Then, because of my Christian upbringing, I got very bold and asked the board if it was controlled by Satan. I counted to three and told my friends to let go of the pointer piece and it started moving on its own till the board floated up about to face level and started spinning. The board shot straight at my face. I just barely managed to duck in time. It hit the wall behind me and fell on the floor. When I got the guts to look at the board, the indicator was pointed to yes. Two days later, my grandma succumbed to her cancer. Hmm. That seems a little over the top. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my friend and I were in our teens when this happened. We invited my younger sister, who was about 10 or 11, downstairs to the basement after we set up candles and made a homemade Ouija board. My friend and I put our hands on top of the planchette, closed our eyes, and moved it around the board, chanting, you know, for effect. The two of us couldn't help but laugh while my sister was terrified. We told her it was her turn to also put her fingers on top. We started the ritual again. My sister asked if there was anyone there crying. (laughs) I started sweating and my friend backed up in shock. I know I didn't move it. My friend said he didn't move it. And my sister, I doubt she moved it. Being as freaked out as we were, we crumpled everything up and went upstairs. The lights were all off. Could have been a coincidence. So we grabbed a candle and sat it in the middle of the living room. It was so quiet in the house, we didn't have dogs, only cats, and we couldn't see them. But we could hear footsteps walking up the stairs from the back of the house. We blew out our candles and ran outside. I called my mom and asked her to come home. I haven't tried playing with a Ouija board since. Weird stuff happened in my house after that. We had a mirror fall off the wall and slid about five feet from the wall. I had a computer chair start to spin on its own. And to this day, my friend swears there was someone sitting at the top of my basement stairs. That's creepy. Next one, when I was a teenager, I would go to my grandma's and she would have me make a Ouija board out of paper and a CD so I could communicate with my uncle who was a stillborn. The Ouija board never worked when my grandma tried it, but it worked for me. Anyway, in the beginning, it did seem as though my uncle was communicating with us. The energy was very innocent and childlike. After a few times, though, the energy started to feel really heavy and dark, so I asked if I was still speaking with my uncle. The entity told me no. It said it had my uncle and that it was going to take me, too. As soon as it said that, I I blacked out for what was only probably a few seconds, and the light bulb in the dining room exploded. I burned that paper, broke the CD, and we never played the Ouija board again. It's creepy. Yep. Uh, next one. My mother and her little sister had recently moved into a new house, an old Victorian built in the 1890s. This was in the late 60s. The Ouija boards were all the rage. They contacted a spirit who called herself Mrs. Moon, and she told them she lived in the house and that her husband had died of a heart attack after their only son died in World War I. After that, she, uh, she said she took on boarders. 
She seemed friendly, but it freaked us both out. Or freaked them both out. So they went to the library and and the public records. They found proof everything Mrs. Moon had said. Flash forward to the 80s, my parents bought the house from my grandparents, and I ended up growing up there too. I always felt a presence, even when I was alone. Things were always moving around when it made no sense. It wasn't It wasn't until I was maybe 15 that my mom explained that so many weird things I experienced in that house were Mrs. Moon. She was a benevolent uh, spirit, by and large, but she was apparently angry when we were about to move. That was awfully written. <clears throat> Seems to be a trend today. <laughs> Next one, I refused to ever touch one, but an ex of mine and a couple of my friends used one when I was around. They decided to use it in an old graveyard in our town. Knowing it was a bad idea, I only went to make sure they were careful. They started using it, and I felt everything was just off. I could already sense that something wasn't right. I tried to get them to stop. Nope, they wouldn't until my ex asked if the entities would show themselves. I saw three different things. A dark figure, an older woman, and a child. One of my friends saw them too and immediately said we needed to say goodbye before something happened. They did, and we all booked it with my friend shouting, You aren't allowed to follow us home. You are not welcome to follow us. We got in the car and drove off. After that, none of us spoke about it, and only recently I brought it up with my friend, and she said it still gives her chills. Mm. Next one, I had a sleepover in the eighth grade for Halloween. I was watching, uh, while watching the pit and the pendulum, a very good friend and I started using a Ouija board. The spirit told us we were speaking to an evil spirit named Tom. Then the planchette started going on its own, and my friend got a full-on gushing bloody nose. We stopped for the night, but after that, items in my room would be moved, like a little porcelain statue. I made my mother burn the board after that. About 15 years later, a co-worker was going to play with her Ouija board, and I told her to ask about that night and the name of my friend, and the board answered the correct name. <laughs> That's creepy. Uh, my mom used one. She and my dad were getting on as well as they had previously. She and some friends had a Ouija board at a party, and it indicated my dad was having, having an affair with our neighbor, which turned out to be true. For the next six months, though, we had a playful spirit or poltergeist in the house. It terrified us kids. The local parish priest held an exorcism, and we never saw it again. I like that it told him that they were have, the husband was having an affair. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Got outed by a Ouija board. <laughs> Next one, in college, my floor mate asked me to use the Ouija board and asked the college ghosts if they'd taken something of theirs. It did in my darkened... I did in my darkened room with the door closed and locked. I saw something tall, shadowy, and covered in darkness reaching down to grab me in the mirror in front of me. I ran out of the room and waited for my roommate to come back before I went back in. That's scary. Back in the early 80s, my friend Paul and I walked from his apartment to our other friend Jim's apartment in the same complex. Paul and I were both feeling something creepy there. When we were, th 
then told that a group of people had been using a Ouija board there earlier. Paul and I felt that we needed to leave. As we headed back to his apartment, we both felt something following us, and we took off running as fast as we could, got to his apartment and slammed the door and locked it. We didn't see anything, but we both knew that something frightening was after us. Next one. This happened way back in the mid-1960s. I would have been six or seven and my brother four or five. Our mom was there with us. We were in the kitchen of our home. I didn't know why we had a Ouija board. They were, they were looked at differently in those days. We didn't really understand the danger. Just a fun game. So our mom was standing there watching us and we started asking about our ancestors. We were just little kids. We didn't know how to spell much. But it said that we were from a Scottish clan of Stuarts, the line of royalty. We certainly did not know anything about Scottish royalty and being spelled Stuart, not Stuart. It's spelled (laughs) differently. Uh, Mom is just reading the answers. Then the board said it was going to come visit us. It said it was flying over the Atlantic, then New York City, St. Louis, and almost to our house. It said it was here. Our mom was freaking out. Then we started hearing a bunch of clatter and loud noises down the hallway toward our bedrooms. Mom got really scared, took the Ouija board out to the trash. I've always remembered it so clearly. It was strange and scary. That would be weird, but just throwing it in the trash wouldn't do anything. It was already there, right? Did you go to see what the noises were? I didn't say. Maybe it didn't have anything to do with it. That was your cat. Next one, I played with a friend at a sleepover, and we asked some standard questions, including who we would marry. I got Calvin, she got Josh, uh, still to be determined on those. But for weeks slash months afterwards, random objects would fall off cabinets and tables in our apartment until the day my mom said out loud, okay, whatever is here needs to get the fuck out. (laughs) Then it stopped. (laughs) Don't mess with mom. No. Next one, I was hosting a slumber party with some friends and took out a Ouija board. We all went to Catholic school, and some of us, though not me, had pretty religious parents, so we figured it would be rebellious and fun. The spirit said its name was Colette. We asked Colette, where do you come from? The board spelled out the roof. As this was spelled out, we heard a loud bang on the roof. My dad went up with a ladder to see what it was, but there was nothing there. We put it away after that. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, when I was younger, I did one with my neighbors in their sunroom. We were done playing. Nothing crazy really happened until after the game. We left the room, closed closed and locked the door, and went to get food in the kitchen when we heard a huge crash from that room and things hitting the windows. We went to investigate, and the entire board, which was in the middle of the table when we had left it, had thrown itself across the room and broken broken pieces had flown all around. The only logical explanation I could think of was that their cat somehow managed to get into the room, but the door was closed, and it was still locked when we went to open it and see what the noise was about, and there was no cat in the room at the time. That's strange. That is really creepy. Next one, in 2016, my college roommate and I decided to get a Ouija board and try to communicate with a spirit. We ended up communicating with a a spirit of a child, and it was very benevolent. We communicated with it for a while and then said goodbye and properly ended the conversation. 
The next night, while my roommate was showering and I was across the room in bed, the TV turned on by itself. I brushed it off with, as an electrical issue. My roommate came out of the bathroom a few minutes later with the shocked look, shocked look on her face and proceeded to tell me that she heard a knock on the door and me say her name just 30 seconds before, except there was no way I could have done that and made it back into bed by the time she opened the door. We were freaked out, but went to bed, and then at about 2 a.m., we woke up to a crashing sound and turned on the light to find a stapler thrown across the room. The next day, we got rid of the Ouija board. Nothing else happened after that. I don't like that, knocking on the door. And no. That's creepy as shit. Yeah. It's like mimic and mm, doppelganger yeah. shit. Uh, first, I want to emphasize my total support for abortion rights, lest the story is misinterpreted as chastising. But unfortunately, this happened to me during college back in the 90s. My closest friends and I bought a Ouija board and started playing with it at my house. One of the sessions, we asked the spirit we were playing with how they died. The response was, my mom killed me. So I followed with, who is your mom? The board spelled my name, odd I thought, and immediately forgot about it. About six months later, I had an abortion. I only remembered the Ouija incident a few months after, and to be honest, it freaked me out. That is creepy. That oh, is I got creepy. chills a little bit on that one. Yeah. Next one, my mom had a Ouija board from the late 60s, early 70s that she had in college. It was always our board game. It was always in our board game closet, and I think I played it played around with it a few times and asked my mom about it. She told me there was a spirit called Eddie that she always talked to before. At some point, my parents rearranged things in the house and the less used games got moved to the basement. So that's where the Ouija board ended up. A few years later, we were going on family vacation and picking out some games from the upstairs game closet. Lo and behold, the Ouija board was upstairs. I thought it was weird, but figured someone else brought it up, and I went on with my life. A couple days later, I, my mom asked me if I wanted to bring the Ouija board with us since I brought it upstairs. We asked every person in the house, and no one admitted to moving it back upstairs. We decided Eddie must have wanted to come to Florida with us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, for context, we lived in a very haunted house and collected oddities, including many antique Ouija boards. My daughter was having her ninth birthday princess party and wanted to play Ouija. <laughs> the party was winding down and my hubby and I were supervising, so I said okay. Starts out normal, Ouija was, act was active and asked if they wanted to play hide and seek. Well, of course they do. Except the items on the board, except the items the board was asking to find were things I did not know were in the house. A black bead at the bottom of the lamp, a doll who ha whose hat had fallen askew. Also, by the fourth or fifth seek, the planchette was whipping around on the board so fast we could barely keep track of the words. So I told the girls it was probably time to stop. No, no, we're having fun, they laughed. And then the next words spelled out were, you stop, you die. So I was full on, nope, board goes away. The board just went nuts spelling I will hurt you over and over until I reached over, pulled the planchette off the board, and snapped it closed. We did not play Ouija board in that house ever again. That's scary. Yes. Next one. 
It all began one night when I was ten. My 17-year-old sister was babysitting me that night. My sister suggested we play a game, but this was no ordinary game. It was a Ouija board. We asked various questions, and after it, I went to bed. I had never played this game before, so I don't even know if my sister played it correctly. As I laid in my bed that night, I started to get sleepy. The light from the living room was lightly showing into the room as my door was open. As I started to close my eyes, I saw the shadow figure standing at the foot of my bed, and it seemed to have a rat's head with red eyes. I jumped out of bed and ran into the living room, and it followed me. I was yelling at my sister, don't you see it? She stated she didn't see anything, and it disappeared. Hmm. I would love to have some old-fashioned Ouija boards. That would be cool. But I don't want to bring them in my house. No, it would be cool and scary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and my last one my friends and I played with one in 4th or 5th grade and we asked when the world would end and it said 2052 oh hmm happy Halloween (laughs) (laughs) alright it's time for the witty wrap up yay witty wrap up um this week I did I'm doing something different doing um these are people that thought the unusual things their bodies did were totally normal until someone told them they weren't okay i can taste words for example if someone says three an image of a cupcake immediately comes to mind and i sometimes will start salivating the same word has always had the same food association it's called Lexical gustatory synesthesia. Wow, that's quite a name. And that's weird. Do they taste the cupcake, or does the does the picture come up in their head? Because all they said was that they pictured a cupcake and they started salivating. Hmm. I don't know. I have a double uvula. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. That little thing hanging in the back of your throat. Mine looks like a ball sack. I thought that's just what they look like because, like, how often do you look in people's throats? I remember seeing cartoons as a kid where they'd zoom in on the character's mouth when they are screaming or something. And I just thought the artists were lazy, drawing a simple droopy line. But no, that's what most people's look like. When I was in my 20s, I went to the doctor for something unrelated, and she checked my throat and just said, Huh, you have a double uvula. Neat. (laughs) I went home and told my roommates, and they all had a look in my mouth. I thought they would think the doctor was a weirdo, but they were all shocked. I'll never forget one saying, You've got balls in your throat. (laughs) (laughs) That is weird. it is something that you don't normally see you know it's inside yeah so you can't really not everyone you can can hide your balls yes you can hide them yes (laughs) (laughs) i have cataplexy i lose the ability to grip hold things chew sometimes even stand when laughing (laughs) 
Basically, my muscles shit the bed whenever I start laughing too hard. Me, my sister, and my dad have it. My sister has even dropped her children because of it. Oh my god. Don't worry, it's more of a gradual release than a full-blown drop and no one was hurt. (laughs) I grew up thinking it was entirely normal, and my mind was blown when I found out it was not. I asked the next ten people I saw, my friends, co-workers, drug dealer, if they were, (laughs) if they got weak while they were laughing, and they all looked at me like I had three heads. That's weird. (laughs) I've actually had that happen to me before, like when I'm holding something, where it's like all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, your hand just stops working. Yeah. Yeah, but like every time you laugh, that's weird. No, that is weird. I spent 20 plus years thinking bananas were sour and grapes were carbonated. (laughs) Apparently, I'm just intolerant of them. Oh, wow. Dermatographo... Wait. Dermatographia. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I have really sensitive skin with an overactive histamine response. When I'm gently scratched with a blunt object, I get a hive in the shape of the scratch. I can write my name in hives on my forearm. That's weird. <laughs> God, if that was the case with me, I'd have them all over me all yeah, the time. all the time. Me too. I thought I was bad at running. I thought I was bad at running because my throat would seize up and get painful whenever I ran for more than a minute. I mentioned this to my doctor when I was 30. Turns out I have asthma. <laughs> Oh, shit, you must not have done much running. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, like me, I would never find I out. I know, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I once took part in a study as a paid participant. The doctors used ultrasound probes to examine the blood vessels on my face. They com- commented on how strange my face's blood vessels were. They struggled and puzzled a little while examining my face. Then they handed me more cash and asked whether I would be willing to donate my body after I died to a medical study. Oh, weird. What was wrong with their face? I don't, it didn't Blood describe vessels. anything. Weird. I want to know. They obviously didn't know, so it's like not affecting them, right? I guess. Huh. Weird. If I'm sort of turned out or focusing on something and I hear a sound behind me or to one side, I can literally feel my ears attempt to turn toward the sound, like many animals do, such as cats. My ears don't actually move around, but there's some automated reflex that tries to do it. I mentioned it to my wife in an innocent statement that began with, you know how you can feel your ears try to move to pinpoint a sudden sound? And she looks at me as if I had six eyes. I haven't found anyone else since then who knows what the hell I'm talking about. Because that's freaking weird. I have... I've noticed before, like, if there's a, a noise or something, it, it, it actually feels like my ear kind of, like, moves or twitches a little bit. Huh. That's weird. But it, it doesn't do it all the time. And it's almost like, you know how people say your ears perk up? Oh, when yeah. You hear, that's what it feels like. Like, they perk up when I mm-hmm. hear something. But to, like, feel your ears try to move toward the sun. Yeah, That no. person was a cat in la- his last life. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that I had eight wisdom teeth grow into the extra space in the back of my jaw. Oh. Two for each side, top and bottom. 
They all grew in just fine after 20. On my last trip to the dentist, I found out that I have eight more growing in sideways. Oh my. The normal amount of wisdom teeth is four, not 16. Holy crap. That's wow. Weird. Mine never even came in. Oh, really? Mm hmm. I had all four of mine pulled. Nope. Never awful. got mine. They're there. Yeah. They, the dentist yeah. said you should probably get those taken out. And yeah, no. Yes, yeah, it was awful. Why would I have them take out if they don't, don't hurt? They don't hurt. They don't do anything. Yeah, they're not moving your other teeth. So yeah, I they're. Worry about it. I think that's what they're probably worried about happening. If they do come in, they would move your other teeth probably. But I mean, I don't I'm, think they're I'm coming 50, in. <laughs> I'm fifty at this point. I think they're just dead. <laughs> Thought I had great vision until I tried glasses and found that everything was so much sharper and more vivid. Apparently, my left eye had a vision def- defect, but my right eye learned to compensate, so I never realized. Weird. The first year of menstruating, I had intensely painful periods and severe constipation. The periods would last two weeks, Mm. with two weeks in between each one. Mm -mm. Everyone told me things would calm down and even out. Then one night at a friend's sleepover, I was in so much pain that I was sobbing on the bathroom floor. My parents rushed me to the hospital. Everything I would describe pain-wise made it sound like I was in labor but I was 14 and still very much a virgin. After a week of tests and painkillers, they finally figured out the issue. I then had surgery to open up my second uterus and cervix, which had been sealed shut by a membrane. I had been having periods for a year and had built up like (gasps) two liters worth of blood in my sealed second uterus. Ow! So once that was drained out and I was put on major antibiotics, I got to go home and tell all my friends that I had two uteruses. (laughs) I was also born with one kidney. Not sure if that's related, but I sure am a mess down there. (laughs) Oh my. Two uteruses. That's awful. Could you imagine all that built up in there? No, God, no. That'd be painful as fuck. Mm -mm. Poor thing. That your brain never stopping is not normal. It's actually a sign of hyperactivity. The first time I took meds and I only thought of one thing at a time, overwhelming. I knew I always had a stuffy nose, but didn't think much about it. Got on medicine that finally helped and my nose cleared up a bit. And I could smell a little better in high school. Didn't realize how bad it had, it had affected my sense of smell until college, though. I had a chemistry lab where we had to, de- to determine the scent of some liquids, and I couldn't smell anything until I breathed through my mouth. I was suddenly able to figure out each one. That's still how I smell things. <laughs> my doctors are aware I am like this, and my septum has been checked. It's not off enough to cause the problem. What? What? I'm just imagining this guy going up to a bouquet of flowers. I 
just have a long list of incredibly annoying allergies that cause the issue. For example, I'm allergic to just about every green plant. That's crazy. Now I can't get that out of my head. (laughs) Sorry you guys can't see it since this is a podcast, but... (laughs) Just imagine someone sniffing a bouquet of flowers through their mouth. That's pretty funny. (laughs) I was blowing up balloons with someone once and silently judging them for not being able to do it in a single breath. Turns out I'm the freak who just has a wild lung capacity for some reason. Holy shit. Probably looking at him like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Sometimes I can feel and hear my spinal fluid moving in my neck and the base of my head. It sounds like a rain stick. (laughs) Ew. Yikes. Some of the women in my family grow a third set of teeth in their 30s. What? My great aunt had a nearly perfect set. Only one came in crooked. But my mom's sister had hers come in next to her adult teeth, so she has two rows in some places. Oh, my. Like a shark. My mom got a couple extra, but they were pulled, and I haven't gotten any yet, though I got to keep all my wisdom teeth, and they didn't. That's weird. I have a perfect pitch. Somehow, a discussion about it never happened, so I went through two and a half years of band, learning notes and tuning the way I thought everyone else did. To make a long story short, I found out when my dad was trying to play a tune by ear, kept missing a note, and I finally yelled at him that he should be playing X note, which led to my parents freaking out and quizzing me, and me freaking out because I thought they were playing dumb. It took months and coming across a National Geographic article before it fully sank in, I had an entirely different relationship with sound than anyone in my social circle. Interesting. Nobody told me this. I ended up learning this on my own in my early 20s. I have a third nipple. I always thought it was a mole on my rib cage, and I actually used to like it and kind of thought it was cute. As soon as I discovered the truth, I immediately started to dislike it. And it's funny, but it actually does make me feel exposed when I'm wearing a bra or bikini and one of my nipples is showing. though yeah at first you're like all flaunting it because you think it's cute and then you realize what it is oh it's, it's like, a nipple oh, people have been looking at my nipples <laughs> i'm very buoyant i have a hard time sinking to the bottom of a pool at all no matter how hard i try and float completely with almost no effort for very long lengths of time it's interesting I've got alternating exo, the eye doctor called it. I can choose which eye I can see out of and can switch as I please. Whichever eye is not picked then turns off. And I don't see out of it since I chose the other eye. Since I've been able to do it all my life, both of my eyes can operate alone. So if I lose one, it won't be as bad adjusting. Interesting. Pretty nice, actually, but the EXO makes me hate selfies because whichever eye isn't picking 
isn't picked drifts outward, oh, shit. which is noticeable to me at least. <laughs> no, that's weird. And my last one, aphantasia, aphantasia, or the absence of a mind's eye. When I found out that people can picture stuff in their head, I was amazed. I was also 45. That's so weird. I can't. I can't. I know. (laughs) I know. It's so weird. I can't imagine life without that. But then people who don't have it can't, you know, it's just what you're used to. It is, but that's so weird. It is so weird. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Send your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Happy Halloween.